Welcome to the Watermark Students Podcast, a podcast for students featuring students where we discuss the everyday issues of teenage life from a Christian perspective. For more information on Watermark Students, check out watermark.org slash students, and we hope that this episode is helpful to you. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Watermark Students Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will McElroy, and I am joined today with our co-host, Jermaine Harrison. Hey, guys. Great to be back. I've been gone for a while, and uh, now no. I'm here. I know. We miss you. And then, as always, Hannah Spence. Hey, hey. How are you? I'm doing well. And then our student guest today is Gabby Parker. What's up, Gabby? Hi. Gabby, what school do you go to? What grade are you going, or what grade are you in, and what, what college are you going to? Okay, so I'm a senior at TCA, and I will be attending Auburn University in the fall. Okay. Nice. Let's go. And the word on the street is she is the carrot. <laughs> Other TCAers, <laughs> she's she's it. She did. We got it on recording. She spilled the... She I let will the never cat, tell. This is actually good. You let the cat out of the bag <laughs> that you're the carrot, which brings us to our icebreaker today, which is common sayings that don't make any common sense, which is... Uh, you let the cat out of the bag. And so kind of what we do is we first give everyone an attempt to give give a thought at, like, what what's what does that mean? Like, what, Gabby, what does it mean when you let the cat out of the bag? I mean, I think commonly it's just, like, you let a secret go that you're supposed to keep. Yeah, like the Maybe. carrot. Like, who's the carrot? Like, if you were the carrot and you told us, you'd let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, then right? it wouldn't be a very good carrot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, do y'all agree that's what it means? I I agree that that's what it means, but it makes no sense. Yeah, it will, it will make sense if if you know the background. But I think this is where you're right. right. Can makes, I guess? Can yeah, I guess the I'll, background? I want you guys to because you're not going to get it at all. But <laughs> take, take a guess at the. Let's see. Maybe it's like way I imagine it's like the 30s or 40s, like it's like the Great Depression and um, people are looking for, you know, some some semblance of joy. And so maybe the dad is coming back home from work or something and he's bringing home a kitten for the for the family to, you know, like you know, play with this kitten and be happy and have some kind of joy in the midst of some difficult circumstances. And, you know, before he intends to share it with the with the kids, the cat escapes the bag, whatever bag he was bringing and the cat got in. out. Yeah. Seager was out. Yeah. Well, that's, that's not my a, guess. That's a good guess. But <laughs> <laughs> good guess. Hannah, Gabby, any guesses on the how the the cat got out of the bag? I, that was pretty close in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, here's here's how it how the phrase started and how we got the phrase as we know it let the cat out of the bag and this was in the 1700s way back when when someone would purchase a pig the vendor you'd have some sleazy vendors who would sometimes <laughs> sneak a cat into the bag cheating the buyer out of a higher price for a pig and it wasn't until the buyer arrived home and literally let the cat out of the bag that they realized they had been 
scammed. Wait, Shocking. so they're making the pig heavier by adding a cat no, in there? No, they don't even give him a pig. They give him a they cat. They just give him a and cat? Like, it's like, it's hard. like a little baby pig. I kind of find hard to believe that. Like, I, there's just a big difference, I feel, I feel like, like between know, like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's on them. Yeah. Like, you gotta get in The noises the are completely different. So you, you know, just the mannerisms are different between <laughs> pigs and cats. So I find it hard to believe. But anyways. That's so good. And you learn something new every day every day <laughs> it's a fun fact um well gabby for this podcast you had the opportunity um to pick your topic and you chose the you chose to answer the question what does it mean to stand firm in your faith but be kind based off of first peter three fifteen. so as a high school student can you tell us why it is important to know what you believe and communicate it in a loving way yeah for sure Um, I mean, I think specifically as high school students, we're in a unique position where we're either becoming adults or are adults, as in my case, I'm 18. And there's this challenge of whether we're still kids or can make our own decisions and to be taken seriously. Um, And I sincerely believe the Lord has given us the capacity and call to make decisions ourselves. Um, First Peter 3.15, as you're saying, says to always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that we have. Um, that was written way before us. And I wholeheartedly believe Jesus could care less if we could legally vote to follow his commands. Um, and as far as communicating in a loving way, all you can really do is be patient and do unto others as you'd have done unto yourself and use discernment with your words. Mm. I think it's, this is such a important topic for teenagers in 2023 or whenever you're listening to this, um, because it's important to know what you believe and communicate it in a kind, loving way, because every every day we're being told what to believe externally, whether that be from uh, the media, from music, from movies, from music, uh, from uh, our, our teachers, our professors, our peers, our parents, our friends random people online, like literally everyone is telling you um, their opinion and that you should believe the way that they that they do. And so it's really it's as important as ever to, um, you know, have your worldview set and based in God's word and um, to be able to lovingly communicate that, especially in a uh, what can be an easily hostile like world in conversation in person or online so i love that you chose this topic yeah i love it to kind of what you were saying jermaine on top of top of that i think it's only going to get harder like why is it so important for a high schooler to do this is because i think it's it's going to get harder in college when you're surrounded with more people that believe differently when you're consuming more media when you don't have your parents faith to rely on or your teachers in school like if you go to a private school you don't have you're just not, you're kind of out of your bubble. And then when you get even older than that, you're going to go work a job and uh, you may have bosses, like people who are in charge of you who believe differently than you do, or you're going to have friends who they once believed the same as you and now they believe completely different. And so it's just going to get harder and harder uh, as you surround yourself with people who believe differently. And that's okay. But what I'm saying is it's important to know what you believe and to learn how to communicate it because you're going to have to communicate it at some point if you haven't already. And so now as a high school student, it's the time to really start just forming your your core beliefs and learning how am I going to communicate these when they do come up? Yeah. Yeah, 
That's so good. Um, and just knowing what you believe. We do live in a world where it's, hey, you're going to have, like Will said, it's going to get harder. You're going to be more around more people that have different views. But also, like, if you believe your purpose is to know God and make you known, being able to stand firm on what you believe and know what you believe is going to give you opportunity to then communicate that to others in a kind and loving way. But if you don't know what you believe, you don't have the opportunity to communicate truly the gospel to other people when you share your beliefs. So what does it mean to speak the truth in love? Yeah, so today, love and truth are really seen as opposing forces. Um, You hear a lot of phrases like, facts don't care about your feelings or live your own truth, as meant to antagonize each side of the aisle. Um, The problem is people care about feelings and there is only one truth, especially if you put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to speak truth in love? Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds from a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. We are doing ourselves a disservice if we minimize evil in pursuit of protecting peace, but it is equally wrong to mistake judgment for loving criticism and correction. So, you know, one of the most important things you can do is stay humble. Um, No one's right about everything. But on the flip side, that doesn't mean you can't stand firm. Um, A father corrects his daughter out of love. A good friend tells you when you're stepping out of line, when the joke has gone too far. Um, And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're called to do the same thing with each other. Yeah, that's awesome. A a passage that came to mind when I was looking at this question, what does it mean to speak the truth in love, was whenever uh, Jesus, he was talking to, uh, he he had a man come up to him and he said, it's in Mark chapter 10, and the the guy said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit an eternal life? Uh, And then Jesus responded with, with this Mark 10, 21, and this is what it says. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And so, and then that man, we read that that man, he left discouraged. He left kind of sorrowful because like he didn't want to give up everything he had, but Jesus, he was, that, that, he was still speaking truth out of love. And so the reason I bring up that passage is so often whenever I have like gone into a hard conversation and I've reminded myself, I'm like, well, speak the truth in love. I oftentimes mistakenly believe that that person needs to feel better about themselves after leaving our conversation, that that person, uh, we need to be closer friends after our conversation, or I need to like quiet my voice and get real <laughs> calm and just be really kind. And and those things, you know, I'm not saying those are bad things or bad goals. However, I think uh, Jesus here is a great example that when we're speaking the truth in love to use discernment, because uh, it may look different. Like if I were to speak the truth in love to Jermaine or Hannah or you guys, like it would look like three different conversations. Some of them would maybe be a little sterner or sharper and some may be a little softer, but I think that is really where I just, you know, when I go into hard conversations, I just ask God, just be like, Lord, please fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me discernment on how to just move forward to this conversation and stay truthful uh, and and to allow the truth to to serve love. Yeah, I think one of the the biggest challenges with speaking the truth in love, which Gabby, I loved your your um, definition of that and um, was so encouraged by it. I think one of the challenges in our culture is that speaking the truth is often viewed 
and, and when when we say speak the truth, we mean speaking uh, God's truth. We mean um, resting in, relying on, and communicating how God views a situation based on um, the principles or the words that we see in in Scripture. We believe that all Scripture is inspired by God and um, is profitable for us to. Um, see, know, and understand God and see, know, and understand our world. Um, and so when we say speaking the truth, that's what we mean, speaking God's truth. Um, but the challenge with that in our world today is that if you speak the truth that is found in God's word, often it's misinterpreted as um, not, hey, here's what's true, but hey, I hate you because um, I'm saying something that goes against your desires or your beliefs or your um, um, the decisions that you're making in your life. And so I think that that's the tension of that that Christians have to to navigate in a discerning way in our culture just because, you know, people uh, just think that if you share something that's uh, opposite or contrary to, to what they believe, then that must mean that you don't like them or you hate them or you're opposed to them when that's not the truth at all. Like, I love that verse that you quoted from Proverbs, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And that means that a friend, um, sometimes the appropriate thing to do is to wound. And wounding sometimes means sharing a, a hard truth that is difficult for someone to hear. Um, but that doesn't make it untrue because mm -hmm. it's difficult to mm -hmm. hear, which is to, yeah. to Will's point. Which can I, I have a question too. I know we didn't plan for this one, but what do you guys, I, I feel like, Jermaine, what you're sharing is kind of a fear that people have that I have when I speak the truth is that, man, I'm going to wound this person or they're not going to like me. And how do you, and that may happen, right? Yep. Um, but how do you guys, and this is a question to anyone, like how, how do you like deal with that? I guess the fact that like, man, I still need to speak the truth in love. And what do you do if they, if they don't love it? <laughs> if, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I've seen this just like, a lot of people get more flustered when they can't control their feelings in conversations. And if you stay calm and like don't get too angry and aren't like trying to win a conversation, it's not a battle. It's like it's a relationship with mm -hmm. somebody. Um, then you'll come out of the conversation and they'll come out of the conversation. And maybe when you all have had time to cool off. You you don't see your own doing if you realize, hey, I treated them with all the respect that I could, and I tried to love them the best that I could. Then all you can do is be satisfied that you're fulfilling the Lord's commands and what mm -hmm. he wants of you. Um, yeah, that's so good. I love what she said. She said, um, you're, you know, you're not trying to win. Mm -hmm. um, we're trying to love. And, uh, and you know, because the, the heart posture of winning is, Am I getting am I getting the last word or am I saying or is my point like um, being the most celebrated in this conversation or accepted? Whereas loving is considering the other person and 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 trying to help them see the way God sees. Um, and, and I love that you're like encouraging and challenging us to like um, keep our emotions in check, which is so hard to do. And, you know. And then trust God with the rest. Like, I think that's my answer to, to your, 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 mm -hmm. your, um, your question. Like, how do you deal with the fact that they might, you know, disagree or reject you or, or whatever else of like, um, 
fearing God over fearing man, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is easier said than done, I admit. So Yeah, that's so good. I would answer the same of it's fearing the Lord more than um, the outcome of a situation, which comes from trusting that he is sovereign and in control and that his ways are better. And it truly boils down to like, hey, that fear for me usually is rooted in making it about myself. But loving someone isn't about me um it's about them and so i would say speaking the truth in love um, and overcoming that fear is looking outside of yourself and realizing that to love is to care enough about someone else to speak the gospel into their life and ephesians 4 29 um says let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth but only such as is good for building up as it's the occasion that it may give grace to those that hear so even when i'm approaching that conversation the thought should be like, this is to build them up. This isn't to get my point across. This isn't to make them feel bad about their views. It is to communicate the gospel. It is to speak in a way that is fitting to the occasion. Kind of what you were saying of like per person, like the way I will bring that to them might look a little bit different. It might be a little bit more gentle or it might be a little bit more bold and pointed, but it depends on the occasion and the purpose of that and communicating your beliefs and knowing what it is, is to give grace to that person to point to the gospel, to share Christ, um, and to care enough to step past yourself and your comfortability um, and share the truth of the gospel with them. Yeah, so good. Uh, Gabby, I I think this is a perfect time just to bring in some real life experiences of like sharing the truth and love. And so really start with you, but anyone that would have any, just like maybe examples or stories of what this has actually actually looked like uh, with with your friendships and and in your life, but do you have any stories that come to mind or friendships that come to mind where you just have to either receive or share the truth and love? Yeah, I would say I've seen this especially with my friendship with Charlie Kate. Um, we're very different from each other, our tastes, personalities, um, and like some religious views. But what's made us so close as friends is wading through those difficult conversations and loving the person all the same. Um, I remember one night after a dance actually, um, we both left very angry and crying about a relatively serious topic. And the first thing we did that morning was apologize and talk it out again. It could have easily been the end of our friendship. Um, but while we let the sun go down on our anger, that's Ephesians 426, we followed through with each other and didn't let bitterness fester. That's awesome. Anyone else have any <clears throat> Yeah, that's so good. Um, And I love that you use an example of a friendship. Um, I have an example in my own life, which is a family member. And I think even when we think about this topic, oftentimes we can be like, oh, this is going to be like I'm going to hop into a conversation with a stranger. But oftentimes when we need to stand firm in our beliefs and communicate um, the gospel in a living way, it probably is with someone that we're doing life with pretty regularly. Um, A personal example for me is a family member of mine who is a part of the LGBTQ community and his partner invited me to their wedding, which led to the conversation of me sharing about my beliefs as to what marriage is in a biblical definition of that, which God would say is between one man and one woman. And so in this conversation, I had the opportunity to explain the gospel to them. I got to share my beliefs in which led to the decision of not attending their wedding. Um, but I got to say it in a way that was gentle and kind um, that showed them um, the Lord's love. Um, and they were able, because of the way it was communicated, to respect my beliefs, though they didn't agree with it and were hurt by it still. Um, it was able to be 
communicated in a way where I still have a relationship with them um, and still have opportunities to be around them and can continue to share the gospel with them, to share Christ's love, to live that out, um, live my life in a way that displays the gospel. And they get to see that and be around that because I took the time to know what I believe and communicate it to them in a way that they were able to receive it. Yeah, I, I love that. And just to encourage Hannah publicly, I know I know that story and or that circumstance. And I remember that it was it wasn't like something that she just decided to um, come up with a belief in a weekend or something like that. It was something that she prayed about, that she sought counsel of how to have this conversation or where she should land. Like she talked with community and with um, other people that she respected. And so this was this was a careful decision that came to a, a, a landing point that she felt like she could, with integrity, um, speak the truth and speak the truth in love. And so um, I love that. Uh, Will, when you when you ask for examples, the first thought that came to my mind is like, where do I start? Honestly, <laughs> for myself, and um, and you know, that's that's definitely been something that the Lord has refined in me over the years. And I mean people speaking the truth and love to me, um, with, uh, my words or, uh, the, the tone that I, that I've used or the timing of things that I've said, you know, people who challenge me all the time are guys in my community group or, or my wife, or they've been even moments where Will has walked into my office and just been like, bruh, and, and shared the truth and love and, um, Jonathan Linder on, on our students team as well and others in the past. And so, um, I have many examples that, you know, of people challenging me and, um, I've grown in the, the humility to, to receive that. And then on, on, on the flip side, obviously I've had tons of opportunities to, um, be the person that speaks the truth and love, um, which is not something that's, uh, easy or natural to me I'm definitely more of a hey it's black and white like why don't you see the way I see and like you know and just having to like ask the spirit of God to help me to walk in gentleness and humility and concern for the other person over making my point so that's awesome uh I'm sure we all have a lot more stories yeah. and but, but what I love about this is that I I think I'll I can look around all three of you and just know that there's people in your lives who care enough about you to uh, that that will share that with you. And I think even a good practice that I have uh, done before is just almost getting ahead of the hard conversations and seeking them out for myself where uh, you mentioned Jonathan Linder, like a few months ago, Jonathan and I literally just sat down each other. There's a, there's a saying that my uh, college pastor would say he's like it always hurts to get punched in the face but it hurts a lot less when you ask someone to do it <laughs> and so and so I, I try to a couple times a year just like ask someone to punch me in the face uh, where I would just be like Jermaine like like please tell me like where can I improve in my life and my words and my actions like where where have I not been loving like is there anywhere in my work or my marriage or my friendships that like I'm just missing and um and that just allows them just a layup opportunity to speak the truth and love because like why wouldn't I want that you know why wouldn't I want to be more kind more loving more generous so uh, but Gabby a phrase that we've mentioned a lot is speak the truth and love where in the Bible does that even come from? Because I don't think we've referenced it. And are there any other verses that just kind of uh, kind of uh, help you 
direct these conversations and think about what it means to speak the truth in love? Yeah, for sure. So Ephesians 4.15 actually says, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. Um, and then following that, we also have Matthew 7, 3 through 5. And this is just on the aspect of like humility um, and judgment. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Um, I think those are both just so important in preferencing how we approach people um, and people we know specifically and have a relationship with rather than just strangers on what it means to truly love and correct someone versus just being judgmental of them. Yeah. Love those. Do either of y'all have yeah. any? I, you know, as you were sharing those verses, the verse that came to my mind in relation to this topic of um, speaking the truth in love is James one nineteen, And it says everyone, James is speaking to like the Christians who are, uh, dispersed all across like Asia Minor. And he says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. And um, that's a verse I've said to myself a ton of times, which is why I have it memorized. Um, and I think it's such a important verse for today because in our culture, especially in, um, you know, political conversations or uh, online, you know, and social media. Everyone is the opposite of this verse. Everyone is not as they take a long time to actually listen. They speak really quickly and they get angry really fast. Like that's just the culture of our world when it comes to issues that might be divisive or controversial or anything like that. I mean, I'm like thinking of like examples like in recent times, like, when that guy, the football player, uh, Damar Hamlin, um, you know, like passed out in the in the foot in the, the the Monday night football game. I mean, I didn't know there were so many millions upon millions of cardiologists in the world, but like everyone knew what happened. Everyone had their opinion of, you know, you know, what happened to him and why it happened and what should have been done. And and everyone is just so quick to speak and so slow to listen and um, ready to have an opinion that's without all of the facts or anything like that. And I just go, man, if you're a person who is quick to listen and wise and discerning with when you speak, like you're going to stand out in, in our current culture because our current culture is the, the complete opposite. So. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Gabby. This is awesome. You crushed this time and it has been so fun having you on. But I, I do one last question I, for you. I want you to think about the student who uh, doesn't even know the truth or even maybe there's students that know the truth, but they have a hard time sharing that in a loving way. And so what, what is one last piece of advice you would give to a student who doesn't know the truth or that student who uh, they do know the truth, but they're just not loving? Like what is one last encouragement you'd give to those students? Yeah. So if you know the gospel that by Christ's life, death and resurrection, we have been saved by grace through faith. It's not about us. Um, it's not about what we do. And it's not about how we influence others, um, love God and love others. Um, these are Jesus's greatest commands. 
and communicating lovingly becomes very difficult when you're focusing on your own feelings and agenda. Um, and I would just encourage students everywhere to be curious about the gospel um, and God, because I think we tend to underestimate how far his hands reach and how deep his love is. Um, I think just learning basic skills um, and topics, like even biology, I see how he's affected every single gene or cell in our body. Um, and that's crazy to me, but I'm not going to see that unless I look. So if we're not seeking to see him, we're not going to find him. Um, there's another verse, not sure the reference, but um, I think it's knock, the door will be open to you, seek, and you will find, um, look, and it's something like that. But <laughs> yeah, but that's probably my like that, best yeah. encouragement. Yeah. That is awesome, yeah. Gabby. I love that. Like, as you were sharing that, I was like, man, I think the my last encouragement would be to emphasize the first thing that you said, talking about the gospel of like the most important truth that we can speak um, to anyone is that Jesus loves them. Jesus loves you wherever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done. And he gave his life um, on your behalf and he rose again from the from the dead, victorious over any sin over death and hell and the grave. And he's offering you a relationship with God. And that's the most important truth and that we should be, you know, running to share that truth over any opinion or belief or perspective that we might have. Like I, I keep thinking the image I have in my mind is like, is my son Winslow, he's two. And, you know, we go on walks or, you know, different things where he's near the road. And sometimes he wants to, run out into the road or let go of our hand and do his own thing. And in those moments, we're not just like, you know, letting him do whatever he wants. We're like holding him back, like making him understand the importance of, of life and, and obeying us in those moments. And just thinking about how important it is for us to share the truth that, that apart from Jesus, apart from a relationship with him, or anyone that we know that does not have a relationship with him, with God will be separated from him for all eternity. And so like, man, that's just a convicting thing for me at all times of like, how often am I sharing the gospel and sharing that truth over sharing my opinion on something that honestly maybe doesn't really matter, or maybe it's something that, that is really important, but of utmost important is Jesus's sacrifice and resurrection for us. That's so good. Um, I would agree with that. First and foremost, like communicating the gospel and God's love and letting um, any other conversations about beliefs um, based in scripture that you have um, be shared from that viewpoint. And Jermaine, you said the word opinions. And then I would say my last piece of advice is make sure you're not sharing your opinion. And the way you can do that is loop in your community and small group leaders and walk through those conversations with them and be like, hey, is this my opinion? Or is this based in the Bible? And am I sharing it um, with a heart posture that is to love another person? Or am I sharing it in a heart posture that is to prove I'm right? Um, so I think there's a lot of wisdom in looping other people into things. And there's a way you can do that um, that helps you walk in wisdom and walk in love when it comes to sharing your beliefs. So I would encourage um, students and anyone listening to this to not make decisions on what you believe in isolation. and ask other people to help you share that in a loving way. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, one of the biggest takeaways I had from something you said earlier, Gabby, was that it feels like love and truth are on two different sides of the aisles shouting at each other. And you have on one side the truth, the facts don't care about your feelings. And then uh, what do you say for love? Like, just live your own truth, live your own truth, like love yourself. Right. And it feels like those are just at war with each other. And I think, man, that if one one big takeaway from this conversation is that uh, that is not the gospel at, at all. Like those two work so great together. Like love reigns through truth. And one of the greatest truths is going to your neighbor or your friend and doing what all of you said and say, hey, I love you. And because I love you, here's some really amazing truth. And it's the gospel and it's just sharing the gospel. And so that is the greatest way to uh, love someone in truth and to share the truth in love. It's just by sharing with them good news that is true. Um, and so I think just just hearing that those two are love and truth are not at war, but they actually work together so perfectly is just a great reminder for me. But Gabby, seriously, thank you so much for coming on uh, this podcast. It was a great topic and we loved having you. Thank Let's you. Go. Thank you. Yeah. For Thanks for letting the cat out of the bag on this topic <laughs> and the carrot. So <laughs> please <laughs> let us know in six months if you're the carrot or not. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if anyone listening, if we even explained what the carrot was. Yeah, we did. Oh, we did on the podcast? Okay. But anyways, thank y'all for another great episode. We'll see you next time. Like and subscribe. Bye. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> see ya.